We're going to make a declaration tonight. Last week, I, I just, I've, you know, we've used, previously used declarations in the past, and I just felt like they feel stale to me because they're just rehashed, and they're, they're not ours. They weren't. So last week, I just, I was praying, and I just typed up what I feel like was in my heart to put out as a declaration tonight. It's similar tonight, but this is going to be from Psalm 103. Psalm 103. But you may not necessarily realize that as we declare it. So are you guys ready? This is our chance to warm up our vocal cords, and then we're going to give thanks and we're going to worship. Worship our little hearts out tonight. All right, here we go. One more time. Here we go. Ah, here we go. As Legacy City Church, we say, Thank you, Jesus, for the power of the cross. You forgive all our sins. You heal all our diseases. You rescue us from hell. You crown us with love and mercy. You satisfy us with good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. You renew our strength like eagles. You fight for us on our behalf. I'll fix that. You bring justice when we are attacked. You teach us your ways. You are merciful and gracious. You are slow to anger and abounding in love. As high as the heavens are above the earth, that's how great your love is towards us. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far you've removed our sins from us. Thank you, Lord. As a father shows compassion to his kids, you show your compassion to us. You are our perfect father, and we are your sons and daughters. Your steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting. You have established your throne in the heavens, and your kingdom rules over all. So we say, kingdom of God, come, and will of God be done today in our lives as we worship you in this place. Thank you, Lord. Let's just give him praise, guys. We thank you, Jesus. We exalt your name. We come to worship you tonight. Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, our merciful high priest. Thank you for your presence here tonight, Lord. Our high priest is in the room. Jesus is in the room. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love your presence. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you tonight for the power of the cross. We thank you, Lord, for what you accomplished for us. When you went to that cross and you took our sin and our shame and our sickness and our bondage, you took it all upon yourself. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege tonight to to participate in your table. Lord, you said, unless we eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of God, 
We have no life in us. Lord, we feast on you. We feast on your goodness. We feast on your mercy. We feast on your presence tonight. Oh, God, you satisfy our hunger with good. You are good. You are good. I just see you tonight, Lord. I see you in your priestly garments walking amongst us tonight. And Lord, would you bless, would you bless this cup and bless this bread tonight as we receive the benefits of the cross? Would you impart your life, impart life into this cup and into this bread? Jesus, you are our sustenance. You are our bread of life. You are everything we need. You are life. You are godliness. You are holiness. You've become everything for us that we couldn't become on our own. You are healing. You are freedom. You are the miracle-working God just declare this over this table tonight, over the bread, over the cup. You are the healer. And we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Oh, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. We praise you, Lord. Oh, our souls, we forget not all your benefits, who heals all our diseases, who forgives all of our sins, who crowns us with love and compassion. Through the cross, Lord, you gave us new life. You gave us identity. You made a way where we could not reach. We could never get to you. We could never access your presence. But you made a way for us to come into your holy place, to receive your life, your spirit of adoption, to become the sons and daughters of God. You did that for us. You took our sin. You took our diseases. You took our, our bondage to the enemy. You took it all upon yourself and gave us that great exchange of freedom, of healing, of forgiveness of sins. So much more. Thank you, Jesus. ask you guys to go ahead and just come up, grab your cup, grab a piece of the broken body of Jesus and take it back to your seat. We're just going to take a little time and we're going to, we're going to feast on the Lord. We're going to receive the benefits of the cross. So go ahead. Don't be shy. Just come on up, grab, grab what you need.
get stuck, try a different one. That's the stuck one. Yeah, here, here, take a different one. Oh, you got it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. us to come, all who are thirsty, all who are weary, come to the table, come to the table of the Lord. He's prepared a feast for us in the presence of his enemies. has become for us our merciful high priest. is so, so sweet and so precious in this place tonight. You're so faithful, Lord. You're faithful to come every time. I guess, you know, your word is true. Where two or more are gathered, there you are in their midst. But our expectation, I think, sometimes is just not quite there. But you're faithful, Lord. I just want to invite you all the Lord's presence tonight. Just take a moment. Take inventory. You know, Paul said if we, we do this in remembrance of, of what he did for us, but if we, if we take the cup and the bread in an unworthy manner, if we don't recognize the body and the blood of Jesus, and we, we could possibly take it in an unworthy manner. So, Lord, even now, let's just ask him together, is there anyone I need to forgive? forgave me a mountain like Mount Hercules. Is that a mountain? Mount Rainier. <laughs> you, was that Greek mythology? Oh, that just crept in. We, we rebuked that. That's not the spirit. Lord, we just, you took, you took my Olympic range of sin and you forgave it all. So in light, in view of your mercy for me, for us, we choose to forgive that person that came to mind. Just speak it out. I choose to forgive them. Sometimes you just have to say it. You may not feel it, but God hears your words. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can release them because the burden has been removed from us.
I just want you to take that bread. I want you to hold it before the Lord right now. He's here. He sees your heart. He sees you holding that representation of his broken body, broken for you. Hold it before the Lord and receive what you need from him. If it's healing, declare Jesus, I receive the healing that came through the cross. If it's restoration of your mind, of your heart, of your body, of relationships, hold it before him tonight. Lord, we hold this before you. You paid it all. You paid the price, the highest price, that we could have all of these good gifts, all of these benefits. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing. He's strengthening your heart right now. The Lord is your, the strength of your heart and your portion forever. So we take this bread now to strengthen our hearts. That's how far your precious blood has removed, it has dissolved all of our sin. In your blood, Lord, it has transferred upon us the pure, spotless righteousness of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Just give him thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for taking away my sin sin and my shame. The blood of Jesus will cleanse your conscience from dead works. Whatever it is that has pulled you aside, pulled you from what he has called you to do, whatever distractions, whatever hiccups in the journey, whatever stumbling blocks, hurdles, whatever came in your path that diverted you tonight, the blood of Jesus is all sufficient and it is the power of God to cleanse your conscience, to reset your conscience and your mindset to be focused and fixed back onto King Jesus. So Jesus, tonight we drink this cup and remember all that you did for us, and we worship you, Lord. Let the life of Jesus now flow into us as we remember your blood. <clears throat> I think wine would really taste better, but hey, might offend somebody, I guess. 
I don't know about you guys, but that sweet grape juice gets in my throat right there. It's like, let's just just wait on God for a minute, guys. tells us to do all the things that we do in these gatherings for the strengthening and the building up and the edifying of the body of Christ to edify to strengthen so I'm just going to open it up and I'm going to ask you guys um, if we can I I don't want to go into a, a prophetic unraveling of everything that we possibly could speak out because I don't think that's what God really wants us to do. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes we'll pray for, we prayed for the birthday people last week and it was good. It was good to bless them. Um, But I feel like if we do that tonight by prophesying over people, we could, we could actually miss what God has for us. He, He wants to, he wants to release encouragement. He wants to release impartation through the prophetic, through his word. So if, you, if you're a part of the team in this church that has been authorized to prophesy, to give a word, and you feel like you have something tonight, then I want you to come up and uh, we're going to just release that. Yeah. That was an invitation. You don't have to look. Don't, don't think twice. <laughs> so when we began worship tonight, in the room he came up to me and he poured oil he poured his blessed oil into my heart so it just overflowed and it just dripped through my whole body his whole his whole message is to soften our hearts to soften our hearts to fill our hearts to overflowing with his love that it spills out wherever we go sense this they feel his presence on us they want what we have and they are welcome to it we receive it lord (laughs) wrong way i'm sorry it was not just me he went around to every person in this room and did the same thing filled your hearts softened your hearts filled your hearts to overflowing this room that it spills out your families, your community, your friends, everywhere you go, people will be touched by his love. That's, I was also seeing that the Lord, um, I felt my hands get really warm during worship, and that the Lord wanted to touch everyone's hearts, where there's been wounding, where there's been uh, sadness and despair, where there's health issues, that the Lord wants to touch our hearts tonight. So Lord, I just partner with heaven and we just release the healing oil of Jesus 
to each of our hearts that we would be strengthened tonight. And then I also saw um, that the Lord was releasing healing all during worship. We could just partake of it. So I was partaking of that. And in that, I saw or heard that the Lord wants to release the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, of working miracles, and the gift of faith in this house. So if that's an impartation, if that's a gift, that you already have and you want to stir that up, a double anointing, or if that's something you don't have and you want more of, just say yes. So Lord... Hang on, hang on. That microphone just died. We're going to do this. It's okay. We can roll along with technical difficulties. Before we, before you pray this, which way should I take this? I think we should have um, people stand up if they need. If you need, if that was speaking to you, if you need healing in your body, or you need a breakthrough, or you want to just receive that impartation tonight, just stand where you're at. Just stand up. You don't have to come up front. If you want it to stand. Some of us around you can come to you. <clears throat> if someone's standing next to you and you, you just feel like I don't need to stand, just put your hands on them. So if you want the receiving of healing, if you want to receive the gift of healing to walk, the Lord wants to release the impartation of a gift of healing so you can pray for people and they'll be healed. He wants to release the gift of miracles, walking in miracles, working miracles, that's different than the gift of healing. And he wants to release the gift of faith. The faith that you can believe, that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord is going to do a thing. So Lord, by the power of Jesus Christ and what you've shown me, I've never done this before, but Lord, I just ask that you would release those gifts right now upon the body of Christ upon your body that you give good gifts to your children that this is a house of healing this is a house of miracles signs and wonders this is a house of faith in the name of Jesus Lord that you bind up and heal the brokenhearted that as Barbara saw you're visiting every one of us and you're pouring oil out and just restoring 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 those places where there's been mourning where there's been lack, where there's been loss, where there's been broken things, things that are not um, coming into the full alignment of how you created us, Lord. We're just releasing your, your healing, healing, healing in the name of Jesus. The mantles of signs and wonders, the mantles of faith in the name of Jesus. Lord, I also ask for myself, Lord, Thank you, Lord, for your gifts. Thank you for your gifts, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your gifts.
Holy Spirit healing anointment. You carry the balm of Gilead. The one who rises with healing in his wings lives inside of you. And I just, I want to release joy right now where there has been mourning, where there's been heaviness that we would just pick up the garment of praise. Lord, we give you thanks for your joy. For your joy is our strength, Lord. You give us great gifts, good gifts, beautiful gifts, abundant gifts, more than enough to share with those around us. Lord, you top us off, and we have enough to give out. So Holy Spirit, just teach us how to walk in the gifts and the anointings that you have given each one of us, that we would be faithful to stir up the gifts that you have given each one of us, that we would start stirring that up. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Healings, the gift of faith, that this house would be a, a house of faith. So I, f I 
feel like we covered the area of healing. So if anyone needs prayer for healing tonight, if, if you didn't already get some, I'm not looking at you. Just It's your eyes. You're drawing me. You're drawing my attention. But if you need healing, yeah. Why don't, would you all just extend your hands towards Linda? Yeah. Tammy, you want to just, Tammy can put her hand on your chest, right? Yeah. If I remember right, you did that to somebody, so back at you. Fire. Fire of heaven come. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence that comes and heals. We release your presence. We release it now. Lungs open, 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 open. Fire of God, open, open. Dry up the congestion. Dry it up. Dry it up. Fresh wind into these lungs. Oxygen levels come up. Come up into alignment. Healing is the children's bread. This is your daughter, Father. We say, let the healing of heaven come now into her lungs, into her body, into her heart, into her mind. In Jesus' name, Yeshua's mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just take a deep breath. Just, if you cough, that's okay. Just... I just thank you, everybody. I went to the doctor this week, and when he checked my lungs, he said they're worse than they ever were, and it was discouraging, and I have to go see a pulmonary specialist, but God is, God is healing me, and I'm claiming my healing every day, every day. Um, I just believe for it. I do. And I, I got a word, though. I didn't stand up or anything, but I... I it kind of goes a little step from tonight until tomorrow. And the word that I got was, um, I heard the word, David said, David, King David said, behold, when I awake, behold, here you are. And then I also got, your mercies are new every morning and great is your faithfulness. And what I want to say is, you know, we come to church, and I love this church. I love the freedom. I love the way Jesus is allowed to move here. He has freedom, Holy Spirit. But sometimes we go home, and the next day it's Monday, and we're like, oh, wow. Here we are. Here we are. Got to face this today. But just tomorrow, when you wake up, remember these words. When you wake up, behold, there he is, right there with you. And remember that every morning, his mercies, just like tonight, tomorrow, his mercies are new. And great, great, great always is his faithfulness. getting ready for work and I looked in the mirror as I was getting ready to brush my teeth and I heard the Lord, I don't hear the Lord speak to me like that every time I get ready to brush my teeth but he said my mercies are new every morning I was just like, thank you Lord thank you Lord I think I maybe gave my teeth an extra holy brushing that night 
that morning. <laughs> just like the, yeah, I was encouraged. Yeah, we, we do need to hear that. That's a good word, Linda. Thank you for sharing that because we, we need to know every day is fresh. Every day is new. Yesterday is a page turned. We don't have to linger in the negative things that happened yesterday. We get to start a brand new day. He is, he is the, the king of newness of life. I'm giving him a new name. Okay, we know he's the king, so that's biblical. And he brings newness of life. So yeah, he's the king of making all things new. He makes all things new. He's just like, life just flows out of him. Everywhere he goes, things come alive. You just picture Jesus walking into the room and you don't even have to ask. You just get close enough to him and new things begin to grow. Someone said last week I had vines growing out of my mouth. That was interesting. But anyway, um, yeah, no vines. I don't want anything weird growing out of me. In fact, if anything that's growing on our bodies that's not supposed to be there or in our bodies, we just say, Jesus, come near and let that all just dissolve. Let that all burn out. Good, good, good. Thank you, Lord. I really feel like so you guys know me, you know that I don't get eager to get a preach in. And tonight is not a preach. I really feel like the Lord is, is on the DNA of our house for us to share so that everyone understands what makes us tick. So we'll go into it. I'm not going to preach. It might sound like a preach. I might have a moment of preach. You know, sometimes it happens happens but this isn't really the, the intent is not to preach the intent is to cast the vision you know the presence of the Lord is here and and the vision of the house we, we don't want it to just fall on you and bounce off like pebbles on a window why pebbles on a window I don't know pebbles on a frozen puddle there you go that's a bit different <laughs> We, we, want the puddles, we want the puddles of everyone's heart and spirit to catch what the heartbeat is. Not that you don't really know it already, but I, I feel like, well, it's biblical. The Bible says where there is no prophetic vision, and okay, that is the Passion Translation, but it also says that in the English Standard Version, which is one of the most accurate word-for-word -word trans, Bible translations. So it's not just a Passion thing to use the word prophetic. Yes, we love to be prophetic. We love the prophetic. But this is biblical, where there is no prophetic vision. When we don't have any sight of what God is calling us into into the future, if we're just feeling like we're coming here week after week, every Wednesday, every Sunday, just getting into a rut and repetition, doing the same thing over and over without having the vision for, for what, why we're doing it, if we forget what our why is, and we're just doing the thing, the what, the coming here, we're going we're gonna to lose heart. We're going to wander. Our hearts are going to wander. We're going to lose interest. And it's just going to get stale. It's going to have no life in it. But when you follow the revelation of the word, God has given all of us revelation. He's given Tammy and I specific keys for kingdom culture to establish, to, to impart, to, to build in and to release to the house. That's, much of it is already in most of you because you've been carrying it and it's not anything different. 
Uh, it's not extra biblical. It's, it's stuff that's biblical that most Christians carry, but their emphasis that we have as a house that we want to put forward. And I believe that as you, as you understand it even more, get a, just a, a fresh refresher of, of what makes our hearts beat, what, what the DNA is that we really feel passionate about, that it's going to be encouraging as we are a part of this house together. And we will have bliss. We will have heaven's joy. We will have the life of God flooding us because we know why we're doing this. Does that make sense? You guys good? Okay, well, we're just going to start out with three key pillars. Maybe they're not pillars. I don't know. Three legs on a three-legged stool? No, I don't know. I don't think I'd want to sit on a stool with three legs. But there, there, are, three, there are three legs, okay? Don't picture things. It's weird. But first of all and most of all, we, you guys know this. We are a people of God's presence. This is a gathering where we want the presence of the Lord. And if we don't feel like the presence of the Lord is coming and, and moving amongst us, you guys aren't going to show up. You guys won't drive an hour away to come here. I'm not going to show up. I am not going to do it. I did not, Tammy and I and our family did not say yes to the call of God to show up and do religious duty. We're not into duty, okay? I don't like duty. We're going to just hose all the duty out of here <laughs> with a Holy Spirit fire hose, and we're going to say, Holy Spirit, come over and over. Come, Lord Jesus, because he wants to be with us. He wants our invitation. Many churches, and I'm not calling out any names of churches in our city, but many churches don't want the presence of God because they're scared. They don't know what to expect. Things might get a little interesting. They don't yeah, they just don't understand it. They, they, they've been trained in Bible college to preach the word of God, which is part of it. That's part of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to preach the word. And I feel like 90% of what we've done up to this point is the word of God being spoken and declared prophetically. It's not unfolding the book and then line by line teaching through it. That's teaching and there's a place for that. But we are here to speak the word of God, to declare the truth of God's word, and to, to teach and preach and build up, to feast on the word of God. Is that good? I think that's good. But, so we're a people of his presence. We want the Holy Spirit. We want the author of the book to be in the room. We don't want to just read about him and wonder what it was like back then. No, we want the author of the book to be powerfully moving amongst us. So our three-legged approach to the church, this is so weird. I wish I had a better way to say it. Pillar. Pillar. Just okay, but there pillar. are some other pillars, but, right, they're, but, but they're different. So Pillar. Okay. Well, you'll understand what I'm saying. There's some other pillars on another slide. I know. Okay, so three pillars. We'll just say it. Three <laughs> pillars of the church. Just go with it. <laughs> three, three layers of the foundation. There, there we go. go. Three layers. That's is the presence of God, which we've overstated, upon a kingdom family. So much of the church in the church world doesn't understand family, doesn't understand covenant. Like we are related to one another in a new covenant through the blood of Jesus. I believe part of what Paul was saying when he said, if we eat the bread and drink the cup in an unworthy manner, if we don't recognize the body of the Lord in taking that, I, I believe that part of that body to recognize is our 
connectedness being the body. We are the body of Christ. And God calls us a family. We, yeah, I was going to say something, but I don't want to dig up an old wound. I used to say that the kingdom family is more important than earthly natural family. I was wrong. And I've, I think I've, I've fixed that, that word by, by re, reinstating that now. That's what I felt at a, in a season. But, you know, sometimes when God has to swing a pendulum of importance one way so that we catch the importance of church family, we can get stuck there. And then we're like, oh, this is all that matters, not natural family. When it's actually, you cannot even be a builder and a leader in the kingdom family unless you are well connected and, and leading your own family. Right. So it's, it's our call to, to take care of first. Our, if, if I don't take care of my own natural family, how can I take care of God's? Yeah. We cannot neglect our own. We should take care of, and Paul talked about it when he's talking about widows, if they have their own family, those who are their own family should be taking care of them first, okay, before burdening the church. So there is a part where we are to take care of our natural family first. That should be a priority. But we should be, I almost would say, I guess safely say, equally committed to the body of Christ. I'm not talking about making every meeting Maybe that's part of your expression as your commitment to the, to the, the body of Christ. <laughs> but that is not the only expression. It's, it's actually more a heart, a heart commitment and a heart communication and not so much an attendance condition. You can be in attendance in a church faithfully, week after week, day after day. Many people are in the church like that and they don't even know Jesus. They don't even know the Lord. They just feel like they're doing their religious duty. There's that duty again. So the presence of God upon a kingdom family, walking in a culture of honor. What does that mean? So many church leaders were like, well, they, they need to honor me because I'm the leader. That, I mean, there's a, that's part of it, but there is to be honor flowing between all of us, between anyone who's a leader in a church to the, to the people, the saints, and from the saints to the other saints, and from saints to, to people in their leadership. And so at some point, we are soon, we're going to look into what does honor look like? The best way to look at what honor looks like is to get the revelation of how Jesus honored you when he chose you and picked, I'll, I'll talk about me, he picked me up in my dirty, stinky little nappy that was overflowing with filth. He picked me up as this little crying baby out of a mud pit of filth and cess. Cess? A cesspool. It was nasty, okay? My life was not good. And he picked me up, and he put me on his perfect righteousness. And he said, son, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix your life. I'm going to clean you. This is how he honors you. He takes you as you are in spite of your, your warts and sores and nastiness. He takes you and chooses you to clean, and he cleans you up. He honored you. He saw how much you were worth when he said, Jesus, when the Father said, Jesus, go to the cross. 
I'm going to send you to the earth to go to the cross to rescue them, to win them to me. He honored you. And that culture of honor flows between the Godhead. The Father honors the Son. The Son honors the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit honors the Father. They honor one another, and they, they are three persons, one Godhead, one God, working together and flowing together in perfect unity and honor. Some have said in, in our stream that honor is like the currency of heaven. Honor goes a long ways. When, when I look past something that's a flaw in any one of us, when I look past it and I see the treasure that you carry, the gifts of God that you carry, the uniqueness of how God designed you and made you, that is how God, he looks past the outward. God does not look on the outward appearance, the word says, but he looks on the heart. And if we can no longer, as second, that's part of 2 Corinthians 2, if you're going to dig into it, 2 Corinthians 5 says, therefore we no longer look at each other or assess one another according to the flesh. We are not supposed to do it, but we do it. I'm rebuking myself. Why on earth do I do it? God doesn't judge me according to my outward appearance. He does not judge me according to the flesh. He calls us forth according to the, the newness of life, the new creation life that is in you that you've become. It's actually, you are that person now. 2 Corinthians 5 says, the old is gone, the new has come. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You are a new creation. Therefore, we, do not rec we don't recognize one another according to the flesh, but according to the new life. So honor looks a lot like that. Honor is getting past our differences, getting past our preferences, and seeing one another as the gem that the Father saw when he said, Jesus, that one I want. That one I want. I want them to become my children, my sons and daughters. So is that okay? You guys good? So a foundation of the presence of God on a family of God that walks in honor together. I mean, you could just go home with that right there. That would be mission accomplished. But there's so much DNA in that family. There's so many facets. You know, we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. I talked about from, I was trying to find it in Ephesians, and it was actually... Ephesians 3, not 2. And Ephesians 3 says that, that it's God's intent. God has an intention that right now, through us, through the church, the many-folded, the manifold wisdom of God would be made manifest through the church to the principalities, the spiritual forces around us. Like God wants to reveal himself through us. He wants to put you on like a glove and manifest his glory his wisdom, his likeness. We, we are called by God to be representatives, to represent God in our lives. That's, that's pretty high. That's a, that's a big, important deal for all of us. I, I feel like if that, if that could become part of our quiet time with the Lord, like, Lord... How can you make me more like you? What are, what are the things that are, that are in you that you want to manifest through me? What would you like me to, to focus my attention on? What, maybe what aspect of your nature today, God, would you want me to shine, to release? That'd be awesome. I might try that tomorrow morning. All right. Someone once said, I think it was Chris Ballatin, but I don't know for sure. 
So someone once said, when you find your people, you'll find your purpose. Your purpose is in your people. I don't need to preach and belabor this part, but there are no effective Lone Ranger Christians. God did not call us to be a wandering nomad prophet in the earth or whatever, or a Christian that just does church by myself. It's just me and Jesus on my computer, or you know, just me and Jesus. I grab my bag of granola and my bag of sports drink, and I go up to the mountains, and I get in touch with nature. It's just me and God. That's not how God designed this. The whole New Testament is written to the church, the body, the, the gathering together of the saints that unite together regularly, as the apostles did in the book of Acts. They, they met together actually daily, breaking bread and getting, devoting themselves to prayer. So, I mean, be grateful. That is just twice a week or once a week, whatever. We could be living in a commune. That could be the, what God said. In, you know, God could have said in the Bible, um, sell everything you have and uh, build dwellings together, put a wall around it, and call it, this is the church of whatever. It's not how he made it. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, hey, if that's how things were culturally, we would have just been okay with it. But that's not our culture. It's not the culture of Washington State. We're a very independent people. Nobody gets in my business. I don't like to invite people to my house because, you know, I don't want people to see my alcohol stash or I don't want them to judge my, my bookcase or the magazines, I, you know, whatever. Whatever the excuse could be. People oftentimes don't want to have people in their close space because maybe they're afraid that they'll be judged or looked at as less spiritual or something. I don't know. Not everybody. I'm just saying that could be a possibility. But God has designed us to function together in a connected way. We are, we are not there, but we're, we're trying to build that. It takes time and commitment to make it happen. It's one thing to get to a meeting to worship for a couple hours and, and get prayed for and to pray and to minister to one another to get into the word. It's another thing to break away during the middle of the week or one of those other days and meet together in a home, have a dinner together. I feel like this, what, what God has called us to do, because Ta Scott and Tammy, Tot and Sammy, uh, <laughs> Scott and Tammy, we can't make that happen. All we can do is facilitate an environment where people can gather together and worship and get to know one another. And then if you feel like that person, I really want to connect with them. And then you go, you go up to that person and say, hey, you want to get coffee sometime? You want to, can, can we exchange phone numbers? And this is a small house, so it's not hard for us to try to, you know, connect. Half the church is my family, and we all live in one house. So <laughs> I just walk into another room, and I get to talk to that kid over there. That kid, those kids. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's just beginnings. And let me just say something real brief here. This is not a, a rebuke or a correction or anything. And I was going to say but, that, but that's not. Okay, I'll just put a period on it. Our heartbeat, Scott and Tammy's heartbeat, is to see when new people walk into the building that, that we wouldn't just cling to our familiar faces, that we would want to get out of our comfort zone and go talk to a new person. We are all 
you know, in different places with doing that. Um, but this is a small house, and we can, you know, we can practice. Just practice it. Just a thought. Go ahead, Tammy. Preach. It's really quiet here. <laughs> so when we were part of another church, um, that was an emphasis, and that was something we really liked because there was a time when we were in a church where you'd walk in and out, nobody would even acknowledge you walking down the hallway and saying hi to someone, and they just walk past like you don't exist. Um, that's a really bad feeling. And so we were always encouraged to go to the new person or new people. I was going somewhere with this. Give me a second. Um, oh, and that was really hard for me because I've always been really quiet, and it's hard for me to push past and feel like I'm invading someone's space, going up to them and, hi, like, I don't know what to say to you beyond that. But I had to really, and we would always do it together, but then I was like, I gotta do this on my own. And once I did it, every time I did it, it became easier and easier. Now it's not a big deal to me at all, but sometimes we just have to push past our own whatever it is. Preferences. Preferences. I think sometimes zone. it can be a fear of man. We need to push past that and, and go to those new people and say, hi, how are you? You know, welcome. And, um, yeah. cause that's really important. We don't ever want someone to come into this house and leave and be like, wow, that was the most unfriendly church. Like we're not okay with that. <laughs> we're yeah. just not okay with that. And you might find when you talk to someone that's older than you or younger than you or just different personality-wise than you, you might find something about them like, wow, you like the same music? You're into Pink Floyd? Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this is church. You're really into Hillsong, Praise and Worship? Oh, you like to have a glass of wine sometimes? We should go do that. Yeah. I can say that here because everyone here, maybe not everyone, has wine now and then, but not that I've seen y'all doing that. So yeah, and just one last thought on this and then we'll, we'll move on from the, the, the valuing of one. It's, this is all about honor. This is a, another way honor looks. If I, as a, as a dad and a husband in my house, I only spend time with Ethan, and Tammy, and I just only talk to them, and I walk right past Oscar, or let's say when Oscar was a little baby in his nappies, <laughs> and I just walk past him, and he's like, oh, yeah. oh. Pick, pick me up, no. oh. and I just wanted to go to the one that's easiest to talk to. Sometimes showing honor in your own home means you go to every one of your family members, and even the one little baby in the nappies, and you're like, oh, you're so cute, you're doing so good, you're getting so big. And then you talk to your, your, you know, your toddler, and you're just like, did you poop in your pull-up? And then you, talk, then you talk to your grade schoolers or your high schoolers, and you're like, did you guys do your schoolwork today? Awesome, did you clean your room? No, no, okay, well. <clears throat> you know, or, or I could just focus on all of the kids and forget my wife. A lot of pastors do that. They, they, the church becomes their mistress. And it's kind of funny to say what I previously said, but that's not the funny part. When the church becomes the mistress, it's like the father in the house only wanting to spend time with the kids, and the wife gets neglected. 
I can promise you, just on behalf of Tammy and I, as, as the mom and dad of Legacy City Church, she's my best friend. Okay, She's my best friend. She gets all of my time. And what time I give to anyone else in this place, it's because she's put the blessing on it. Okay, I mean, first of all, all my time is Jesus's. And Jesus said, I want you to be married to this woman and you two become best friends and walk this life out together as best friends and see what God does with it. So we're committed to that. And if you ever see us going off the rails in any weird way, better say, hey, you said years ago, Tammy, do you have yeah, Tammy, doesn't look, <laughs> Tammy doesn't look happy anymore. Why does she look so sad? Yeah. Anyway, okay. So when you find your people, you find your purpose. God has a purpose for every one of us. A lot of that purpose will be on the next um, couple slides down. We're going to be done pretty quick here, I think. Because once I get to the actual DNA, you know, with the, look at the little spiral, all the little ladder things on the DNA spiral. I don't have a picture of that, sorry. But once we look at those things, it's, that part's going to go by quick, and they're just like the building blocks. But we all have the call of God on our lives. We've all been called to be sons and daughters. We've all been called to be ministers of the gospel. We all have been given gifts from God. And all of those gifts and calls that God gives us as a free gift, they were meant to be encouraged and flourished in a house. We, we were never meant to be homeless Christians. God wants us to be a part of a house. I know, okay, I don't mean homeless, homeless, but, you know, that's an example, a, a picture. Um, God, I don't think God wants us to be homeless either, not in a nation where there's plenty of resources and jobs and stuff and help. But anyway, that aside, we were not called to become Unitarians. I don't know, just came to mind. Well, that's definitely one we don't want to become spiritually. But yeah, we're not to become just isolated on our own. We were meant to find our, our part in a house. It doesn't mean you do all your ministry in this place. It means that, that your family is your, your safe place, your place where people can speak into your life, where you're connected relationally. And then you can go out from your house and, and do those things that you're called to do, whether that's an actual church-type ministry, like HAPN, or going to the post office and ministering to your coworkers, or wherever you go. This is, this is your huddle. This is the place to get strengthened and refreshed. Then we go back out. But if we don't have that, we, we, I believe you will probably lose sight of what your purpose out there is. Our time here is to remind us and, and to encourage one another of who you are, of whose you are, and, and what God has called us to do. Okay, that's enough preach. A couple scriptures, I'll see if I can remember why I have these. Well, okay, the one, because of being representatives. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. We did that really good tonight, guys. And whatever you do or say, do it as representative, as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. That's our call. Worship together and represent Jesus. You want to smell like you're a king when you walk amongst the people in the city because they need him. 
You got him. You're already saved. Now it's time to get your eyes out of your belly button and look at them. Find those that need him. I say navel-gazing, belly button. You know, we don't want to just be inward-focused. Okay. We are ambassadors of the Anointed One who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God, be reconciled to him. If that could just be our heart tonight that we, that we go into the week with, as we go into the workplace or the grocery store, that, that we would carry that, that burden of reconciliation on us to see people, just one person, one person, that, that they would just be able to hear, have an open door with and just say, God loves you so much. He really has something good for your life. He just wants you to, to walk with him and know him and know how good he is. So that's those scriptures. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. We already talked about that. Our DNA to be manifesting our unique expression of Jesus into the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I don't know why that starts. Oh, that's not a period. That's verse 10. Verse 10 of Matthew 6. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer. That's, that's like the sum of all prayers right there. Kingdom of God, come. We need the kingdom realm of God to come break in to our own hearts, our own houses, our own churches, our own city. So here's just a quick list of bricks, of injections, however you want to look at them. They're parts of our DNA that, that we really want to put a value on in this house. There's that kind of sums it up to me. I mean, I'm sure there's other things that you could probably add to the list. So we want to be focused on his presence, creating healthy families, natural families, and a spiritual family. We want to honor, honor that affirms the value of people. We want people to know that we value you. We may have our differences, but I honor you because God has given you gifts and a uniqueness, and I want to honor you. I want to value you. That's, that's kingdom. That is a kingdom culture. Grace and empowerment. We want to see people receive grace and be empowered to do the stuff that God's called us to do. It's, the work of ministry is not just for church pastors and leaders. We are all called to the ministry, and we all need grace and empowerment. And grace is not just you know, not deserving punishment but not getting it. You know, God gives you grace because you messed up. Grace is not just forgiveness of your sins when you don't deserve it. Grace is the supernatural power of God given to you so that you can walk upright and do the stuff that Jesus did. That's what grace is. Grace is powerful. God is good. If, if yeah, all the time. And if we, if we became a house where we're like, God's angry. He's angry. So our prayers are going to be... He tolerates you. Yeah, he just tolerates you. He's angry. So all of our intercession is going to be on God, pour out your wrath upon. Take Inslee out. You know, <laughs> boomerang. We, I have to admit, we prayed it. And I felt a little conviction because it felt a little like my flesh was getting stirred. There are some things about boomerang that are true, but do we want... Do we want to be the ones to call the judgment of God on our um, leaders in our state, in our country? Or do we want God to be the one who does that? Yeah. Yeah. God says, vengeance is mine. Yep. 
we are to implore them on God's behalf, be reconciled to God. Because the time's ticking and you're going to go to hell. If you know. Okay, so, so we, God is good. So we want to maintain that God is good. If you don't believe God is good, it's going to affect how you live life, how you relate to other people. We need a fresh baptism of the goodness of God. He's good. He's gooder than you think. He's in a good mood. These are all things that Bethel used to say. They don't say it all the time now. But God is in a good mood. It used to pop up on the screen when we were streaming before it began. And it was in other languages. It was really cool. But he is. He's in a good mood. Do you think God's in a bad mood? Do you think he's really ticked off about what you did today or what the people in your city did? Or is he in a good mood? He's, he's the God of hope. He's hopeful. Hope beyond all circumstances. He sees things from heaven's perspective where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is our Christus victor. He's the victorious king, the victorious Christ. He rules and reigns until all of his enemies are going to be made a footstool for his feet. So God is good. I shouldn't get too caught up in this stuff. So Jesus empowers supernatural ministry. Ooh. Another way we used to say this, these are the cultures that we went through when we did our schooling through Bethel. Um, releasing the supernatural. Releasing the supernatural. That can kind of sound spooky to some people. I know you guys are all familiar with this. It's not spooky to you. But in, in all simplicity, Jesus empowers us for supernatural ministry. He wants you to be so confident and filled with faith that when you put your hands on someone to uh, see their need of healing or strengthening, that you feel the presence of God and they feel his presence. They know something's going on. There is power that is released from your hands when you lay hands on people. If you don't have faith that something's happening, if you're just like, I'll just do it, but I don't think anything's going to happen, then probably nothing will happen. But if you have faith that God, that the kingdom of God is at hand, that God actually wants to flow out of you and through you, that you actually are a carrier of the river of living water that flows out from within, then you will be built up and strengthened in your faith. And when you put your hand on someone, you're, gonna, you're just going to be, by faith, release. When we prayed for Linda, for her lungs, by faith, we're declaring release. Open, you know, just open. It wasn't just saying open, because I think the more I say open, that's going to actually happen. It's just like I could just see that supernatural power of God, not with my physical eyes, but I could just, by faith, I could see it. And there's a, there's a partnering with your spoken word in your faith for what God wants to do that comes together and is released. So Jesus empowers supernatural ministry. God's word transforms. The word of God is our plumb line. The word of God is everything that we do has to line up with the word of God. We already learned in our prophetic class that there's extra biblical which is not a bad thing. It doesn't mean it's unbiblical. It's just, it's not in the Bible, but it's not anti-biblical or unbiblical. But the word of God is our plumb line. We have to reference the word of God. That is, that is our check and balance book. The prophetic. If you didn't already know that, that's part of our DNA in this house. It just kind of happened. I thought maybe we'd have a little prophetic in here, but it just turned into a lot. A lot. <laughs> I guess because God likes how we're doing it. He likes how we're representing him, so he's going to give us more. And it's going to continue to build if we steward it right. If we practice it regularly and steward it well and represent him well, then he wants to give us words from him for people. But we can't believe that God is 
ready to slap someone upside the head because they don't have their life together and think we're going to give a good word from him to them. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. So risk and faith, something that we haven't talked a lot about in this house, but, but it's part of what faith really is, is taking a risk. When you're out there in the public, you got to get the fear of man off you, and when you hear God saying something for someone, your heart's pounding away, and you're just like, oh, I'm nervous about going to them because they're going to think I'm weird. And we just step out and risk and watch him show up. He will show up. I, I feel like we need to probably share more testimonies about how God showed up when we took a risk. And so. In fact, we took a risk coming into this place. It was just our family and a couple other, another fam, two other families. Judy. Right, but I'm our family. Oh, yeah, yeah. And You're. two other families. <laughs> You're our family, Mom. <laughs> How about that? And so there were a whole lot of us that came in, but we were hearing from God. We knew God said now is the time to do this. And we didn't necessarily have all the funds for the following year. Um, but we so knew. So we only did a one-year lease. We, yeah, we did a one-year <laughs> lease. And, we but we knew that even if God told us to do it, like even if at the end of that year we didn't grow. Or we had to close it. Or we had to close it, that it didn't matter to us that we were told to take that risk and we did it. And I'm so glad we did because look at all of, like the only person that was here was our family, <laughs> that's here now, is our family in the boroughs. So, um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, risk. Got to take a risk. Big risk, little risks. And then we got Vonnie back. I'm so excited. Yes, <laughs> Vonnie. We did. Yep. Faith is yep. for the recording. Yep. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. R-I-S-K. That's a good, it's a good word. It's a good word. Hope and joy. Hope and joy. Wendy Backlund, I mentioned Steve Backlund often, but, and you guys still, I know you, most of you don't really know who Steve is, but his wife, Wendy, she said, faith without hope is weird. <laughs> Think about it. If you have faith, but you don't have hope, That's not really funny. what is it? <laughs> what is it? That's what manna is called. What is it? It's just something strange. So hope and joy. Oh, back up salvation and identity. The message of salvation, our identity in Christ as, as royal, not just sons and daughters, not just, well, you know, God tolerates me, as Tammy reminded me, someone once said, or, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's my identity, just sinner on my T-shirt. says, I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, your identity is so important. What Jesus paid for on the cross is so important. You are a royal son, a royal daughter, daughter, I get everyone right here. Son, son, daughter, daughter, son, 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 son. Daughter, 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 daughter. Son, son, daughter, daughter, son. Daughter. Okay. Salvation identity. Hope and joy. Generous like my father. Oh, boy. Now, here's that tithing message. No. You guys have been here long enough. We don't, we don't put that on everyone as something to, you know, give you the impulse to write a check. Now, we, I want to do, I, I want to do, I do want to say that the whole thing about generosity, we want that to be, as far as finances go, we want that to be something that you and God figure out between the two of you, and we want it to be something that you joyfully do. So that's why we 
have chosen. Maybe down the road we'll do things different, um, but we've chosen to leave it as a thing that we know if someone really wants to give, they've figured out where the box is at. They figured out where the online thing is at. But, but let me say this, this is way bigger than finances. Yeah. Generosity has everything to do with your whole life. It, it's an attitude of, yes, attitude of the heart. Generous with your time. Yeah. Generous with your, your gifts. And your you know, time, treasure, talent. They say that all the time, but it's true. You can break it up into those, those compartments of your life. Mm-hmm. Your time is more valuable than your money probably, right? I mean, a lot of people feel that way. It's like, where am I going to invest my time? Because my time is my treasure. I'm not going to just give my time to everything and anything, right? We could, and then we could burn out. Or we can allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in our life with a generous heart. Because oftentimes the Holy Spirit will say, I want you to spend time with that person. I want you to go to them and get with them, even though you, I know I'm looking at you, but just go with me. So, <laughs> no, not behind you, Barbara. You know, God may be saying, I really want you to spend time with that person and get together with them in your apartment or whatever, and you're like, God, I don't know, I don't like their personality. But generosity is when God's saying that to you, and you're like, okay, God, I'm going to do what you say, and I'm going to get with them and find out what you have to give to them through me to strengthen that relationship. It made it a little easier just to you know, talk to you about this. Anyway, but it wasn't like for you, so don't think I'm, <laughs> this is not a finger pointing thing. You, generous like my father, yes, Tim. And for Scott and I, the whole thing of being generous with time, we're, as far as a whole, the church as a whole, we're gonna be really picky with where our time as a church goes because once again, we've been in a place. Be, there's we've been in a place where you did the Easter egg hunts because that's going to bring more people to your church. And you're out in the rain, and it's cold. Free car and people, wash. or free car washes. <laughs> people come, they get their stuff, they go home, yeah. and they don't show up at the church. Right. And year after year. And then the church, the staff is burnt out or the volunteers are burnt out because you spent six weeks putting eggs together and you're out there with your kids. And so we, (laughs) does that sound familiar? (laughs) So we are not going to give our time as a church to everything. It's got to be, God has to be God has to, yeah, and he has to speak to Scott and I about it. If we're not being spoken to about it from him, then it's a no-go. So, and let me just... He'll clarify. Let me clarify that. So what Tammy's saying is, you all may have some things that are passionate in your heart to do, and that doesn't mean that that's not God, but that might mean that it's not for the whole house to take on, unless there's a grace on it for you to run with the vision, and we're like, God bless it. If you can make it happen, as long as it doesn't require me to show up for it, yeah. But, oh, but with, with that said, it still can't just be anything because right, that's why people I, will come to us all the time. Sounds I had like a, at our living room right now. That's why I said, Tammy, <laughs> that if, if, we, if we feel that God is on Yes, it, there we go. But it's not for us to prioritize for our time. Right. And they want to run with it. Right. 
because we see God is on yes, it. Yes, there you go. Okay. I got to yes. repeat certain parts sometimes. That's right, because it just kind of goes up. Yeah. <laughs> She's my best friend. <laughs> and she keeps me in line when I start to get out of hand and I start to joke too much. She's like, honey, keep moving. Okay. So, generous and his kingdom is advancing. We want to see the kingdom advance. We don't want to just like get comfortable, sit, and no longer advance the kingdom. And that's a whole topic. I feel like I think there's 12, maybe 13 things there. My, my intent, God has an intent to manifest his character through us, through the church. My intent is that we could focus on one of these every month and maybe just take one Sunday night and just do a little teaching into it, do a little praying into it. So here's the fun part right here. Hey, look at that. Look at that guy. He's like, hang loose, man. That was, that was fun. See, he, he knew I'd turn around and take his picture. So here we go with the pillars. There's a pillar right there in that picture. And he knows it. And she knows it because she's a pillar too. I'm a pillar, you're a pillar. Wouldn't you like to be a pillar too? God is in a good mood. So these are pillars of revival. When, when the presence of God is poured out in a greater measure, even more than what we're experiencing now, these are pillars of revival that will help to facilitate and steward his presence. If we maintain God is in a good mood, he's good. Jesus' blood has already paid for everything, so we don't have to work hard and beg hard to get God to give us something that Jesus already paid for. Realizing that every single person is significant and that all things are possible with God. Like the possibilities are un, unlimited. So let's stand up. We're going to pray. You're like, thank God, the kids said. <laughs> the adults are like, oh, this is good. I don't want to go home yet. Okay, I got another message. <laughs> all right, Jesus, we love you. God, we love you. God, I thank you for this, this group of people that I can call friends and I can call family. I thank you, Lord, for the relationships that you're knitting together in this room. Even though it takes time, God, it's just such, such a reward. It's so rewarding to feel the strengthening of our hearts as we're committing time together, committing working through things together. All of that, God, it's just its so rewarding. It's so rewarding to see kingdom family being established. And God, as you knit us together, I believe you're making us into a, a great net, a great net for that harvest, for that, that bringing in of that catch of fish. We know, God, that when they come in, when we bring them in, when revival hits our city, our nation, and the big wave of revival is coming, not just the red wave, but the salvation wave. When that, when that hits, we want to be ready, God. We want to be so on track with what you're doing. We want to be a family that people can come into and find safety, find a refuge, find strength in life find brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and to be restored. 
And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you've called us to. And we look forward, God. We, we look at the prophetic vision of what you've called us to, to build this house, to establish this, this center, this equipping house, this training place, this well of, of revival, this well of the presence of God, this place of worship and loving on King Jesus. God, thank you that you've made it so enjoyable. It truly is a joy, Lord. We just bless your name. We bless you, God. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to put on some party music. And if you need some prayer, um, you know what? Real quick, hold your spot. Hold your spot. Let me see that. I'm going to ask Barbara if she can do this briefly because everyone's ready to, to, to break apart now and move. Barbara had a picture that she had last week of being out on the, the shore. And so here, you tell. You just tell. This is really good, guys. I promise. Why was I speaking into that when I already got this one? This is really good. Last Sunday, um, I was shown a picture. Or actually, it's like in a picture. So I was standing above a shoreline. You like where the seagrass grows and all that, but above the waterline and looking out on a sea, and then just appeared a, a wooden boat, like an old, sturdy wooden boat. And then appeared uh, several men who were in um, like short robes. Most of them had ropes tied around their waist. It was like really rough kind of homespun fabric. I'm thinking, whoa, this is like biblical times. These are the apostles before they were apostles. Then they all got out of the boat and walked around to one side and started pulling in a net. And the reason they hadn't pulled the net into the boat when they were out on the water because it was so full, it would have sunk the boat. And they just kept pulling and pulling on this net. I think the message there was to impart to us, we are the fishers of men. We are the fishers of men and of that and the time is now we are in this vision now that we are walking in this fishers of men reality now that it isn't just us we the pillars of this church we take this out this is a road trip guys this is like we got skin in the game this is it the time is now